Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. It's um, a thousand degrees here. So I'm cooling off. I'm jealous, but you know, Sydney's Sydney's pretty nice today. It's pretty, it's it's quite summery for winter. Mm. I feel like Sydney is a very mild winter, like compared to New Zealand. Really? Yeah. Well, compared to Perth, Sydney's like a really intense winter. I had dinner with my friend recently and she was like, you have to wear a coat here. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's crazy that it, it's like sunny all the time still, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Weather. Weather talk. Weather talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Thank you to everyone for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe. (laughs) This week we're talking about winter in different Australian (laughs) capital cities. Yes. (laughs) Um, How has your week been? Yeah, it's been good. I feel like winter's just like a lull time. Mm, Yeah, not much on. Went to see Booksmart again. Who with? Zach. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, he really liked it. It was really fun to watch again but I mean yeah it was really fun to watch again yeah I was gonna rewatch it the other night my um flatmate got home she's been away for ages she works on Netflix shows and she just got back and um I was like have you seen Booksmart and she was like no I'm so keen to see it and I was like I was like oh let's watch it and she was like how and I was like uh never mind (laughs) and then she was like and then she was like I'm actually really against that I was like I understand (laughs) How? You're like, um... I was like, at the cinema where it's not showing anymore. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's weird that it's out of cinemas in America. I yeah. thought they'd kind of closened that gap. Closed. Closened. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, my I looks... also went yesterday for a facial. I got a voucher at work. And it was heaven. And have you heard of Rationale, the skincare? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd like heard a lot of people raving about it. And the lady was this like soothing Irish woman that did this complimentary facial. And she was like giving me all these hot skincare tips. And she was like, you just need to cancel out your whole routine and just use like three Rationale products. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's just who I am. Oh, like I've just, I just, I've like stumbled upon my true self and it's someone that uses three Rationale products instead of 75. And she was like, you just need like the cleanser and the morning serum and the day cream. And then you can slowly add in more stuff over the course of a few months. And I was like, amazing, let's do it. 
And then I was like, can I just see how much like everything costs? And she was like, yeah, here's the product list. And it's like serum, $175, day cream, $175, yeah. cleanser, $98. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's basically like, but this is too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are fucking sneaky at those places. They're just rubbing your skin all nicely, chatting away yeah. and yeah. brainwashing you. It happens to me and, every time. I, but now I need, I need them like, I don't know if I can function as a human unless I get those three Rationale skincare products. I'm going to, like, sell an organ on the black market or something that to get them. to me at Sephora when I moved here, and I was like, what's just a nice – because they say you have to use uh, – I, like, never exfoliate. I know it's bad, but I never, ever do. Um, and they were like, oh, you really need to use an exfoliant here because of the pollution or whatever. And mm. I was like, okay, what's just a nice, chill one I can get? And they were like, this one by Sunday Riley is the best one you'll ever use in your life. And it was like $250. And I, and I had two of them talking to me and they were just like, trust us, trust us. And I was like, oh, right, then I'm going to buy it. Walking, you have you have nothing to gain from this interaction, yeah. of course. And I was walking up to the counter with it and then I just like dropped it in an aisle and bolted out of the store. <laughs> That's what I was like. I was like, maybe I'll just finish off my current cleanser and come back. And she was like, okay. And I just like ran down the road. But I really want to... <laughs> I really want to get it. I've been brainwashed. No, I know. It took me like two weeks to stop thinking about that Sunday Riley thing. That only just deleted the photo of the serum off, of the exfoliant off my phone. Yeah. I'd um, been going too ham with the chemical exfoliants because I was told that I needed to use one. And then like classic me started using a really intense one like every day that you're meant to use every fourth day. And she was like, your skin just has zero hydration. You need to relax, please. Great. You're just shaking your head. I know. <laughs> I know. I literally was just sitting there frowning and shaking my head. You're like, no. Um, but everything you told me about my skin was right. I just wish I was a millionaire so I could just entrust this, like, calming, beautiful Irish lady to just guide me to perfect skin. Yeah, I did some research because I was like, I want to buy – I feel like it's just a waste of my life to be this close to Glossier and not buy anything. So I did a big research on which ones are worth it. And because it's so – it is, like – very cheap for good skincare. Yeah, yeah. And so mm. I'm going to get the Milky Jelly Cleanser. Does mm. it really remove your makeup? You've used it. Yeah, I wear like no makeup. Barely enough makeup to do anything. But yeah. yeah, it's. I actually think about it all the time. It's what the only cleanser I've ever used that I like fantasize about. Okay. So I'm going to get that and I'm going to get the, um, that daily, what's it called? The, the exfoliant. Mm. Just because I don't use, yeah, just because I don't use any at the moment, so I'm like, surely it's got to do something more than nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I want to get the Lid Star, which is like their um, eyeshadow, because I don't know how to do anything, and you apparently just like wipe it on. Mm. Anyway, this is probably boring. I can to, see you going rogue, and then the next time I see you, you're wearing some sort of like glittery green sage coloured yeah. eyeshadow. Yeah. Well, I bought their blush last time, and then yesterday when I'd been doing all this Glossier research, I was like, I'm going to put that blush on again, and honestly, like, the whole side of my face was just bright red, and I couldn't, like, figure out how to get it off, so I just left the house like that. I don't know. I just feel like some people were just born knowing how to apply makeup, and it just wasn't me. I hate it so much, though. It's like, every single time it comes to putting my makeup on, I'm like, I would just rather die mm. so but anyway i feel like potentially that's boring to people but also if anyone wants a glossier review they can have that in a couple of weeks yeah um i got really into listening to where should we begin with esther Perel again this nice. week yeah um because when i Which was listening ones? to it well when i was listening to it last time i liked it but i felt like every because it's a po- it's a podcast series for anyone who doesn't know, and it's real life therapist sessions with couples, and they just play the whole thing in full and like sort of edit out names if they don't want to be disclosed. But um, they I felt like the episodes were quite intense and it was always like really crazy stories that I didn't that didn't mm. like resonate with me. Yeah, was... they're always like they're always like I was sleeping with a prostitute for forty five years of my marriage. And yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah, and now my wife has trust issues. Um, <laughs> but the one that I found that I really liked was, it was called I Want to Feel Wanted. And it was about a husband and a wife who had been together for ages and he had had weight loss surgery and then wanted to leave the marriage. But it was more, 
it was just interesting to hear about like their dynamic and how since they had children they were having sex less and being less intimate and it was just more of like a I get this and then another one was you can be right or you can be married and that was another one that like Mm -hmm. was really good because I was like I'm so stubborn in relationships (laughs) like yeah and basically what they were saying when she was just like because literally if we have a fight I'll know that I'm wrong but I'm like I'm just never ever ever gonna say that to you right yeah I think it's I think it has so many useful little nuggets that like unexpectedly struck a chord with me like I remember there was one where they were talking about bad boys and she was like women don't like bad boys the quote unquote because they want like predatory men they like bad boys because bad boys know how to look after themselves and they don't feel like they have to take a caregiver role in that relationship Mm -hmm. like that's like a person that's completely self-reliant and that's really attractive for women who are used to taking on a kind of mothering or nurturing role in a relationship and I was like that's so fascinating like I just never would have thought of it that way that's so true she's just so smart yeah and even when she makes a mistake she'll kind of cut in and be like listening back I should have said this differently and I'm like yeah nice I know and she just like like lands on the problem of a couple within five minutes Mm. like she just kind of gets to the root of it it's so good I was I felt like crying so much in the one where it was like that I want to feel wanted one because it just I don't know it's just so it's so sad when like one person is still in love and the other person wants to leave Mm. and they've just been together for all their lives and it's like why don't you just want to work on this I know there was a really sad one I listened to as well where this couple she was like 12 years older than him and he kind of decided suddenly a few years into their relationships that the relationship that he wanted to have kids and they'd always said that they didn't really care about having kids so then she was saying oh I'm happy to like get a third woman involved who can have the child for you and that you can parent with her and I'll kind of be a third person on the sidelines and like Esther was like okay that's very progressive and I'm sure that would be fine but like is that what you really want and she was like yes that's what I want that's what I want and then as she pushed it on the woman just broke down crying and was like no I don't I just want to be with you and if we can have a baby we have a baby but if we can't we can't and you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it just it was like you tell yourself stories about the relationship you're in and she kind of like yeah it was really sad I want to see her even though I can't think of a reason to right now I know. There's a really good one, I think, in season three where it's a mother and a daughter, which is rogue. Mm. And it's nothing to do with, like, sex or relationships. It's just to do with, like, them just having a shitty relationship. Yeah. I feel like I could go to that with my mum. She'd be like, why why after two seconds of talking to me on the phone do you want to hang up? And I'd think, of course. I literally called her and I'm like, mum, I've been doing this, 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 this. And she's like, I've had a good day. And I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I'm joking, but pretty much. Yeah. Because she Aww. just wants to talk about the dog for like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'll start talking to him as she talks. It's just a nightmare. Anyway, I also listened to the Dailies episode about Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, what the fuck is up with that? Mm. We haven't talked about him at all, but... No. I don't even I know. wasn't really across it. Yeah, I mean, same. And I think that's why I wanted to listen to it, because I was like, I feel like daily is the perfect way. Like, if I listen to it every single day, I feel so much more across the world, but half of the time when I see an episode pop up, I'm like, that doesn't interest me. Not this one, but mm. other ones. And then as soon as you're listening, you're like, well, it should. <laughs> like, it's like about the yeah, state of yeah, our yeah. world. And I'm like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, but the Jeffrey Epstein one, um, so he's the, what even is his job? He's just like a billionaire. Just a billionaire something, yeah. Really well-known, really elite kind of friends with everyone. Friends with Trump. Friends um, with the Clintons. Yeah, and he, they found like hundreds and hundreds or thousands of images of underage young girls on his computer and basically that there's all these charges being brought against him but in this daily episode um it's, it explains that a decade ago a similar case um went to court but then that he got off ridiculously lightly because of money and connections and basically in the episode all of these young girls came forward and said that he asked them to go to his house and he paid them 
he paid them to massage him and then often it turned into like more than that and then often he would get those girls to recruit more girls so it became this weird like disgusting thing and then he got off with like what was it eliciting prostitution yeah he got a prostitution charge and so they were like so these girls who were under 18 some of them were under 16 Mm. who he had basically enticed with money to come and perform massages that went sexual they were considered prostitutes so crazy scenario when they're like children Mm, and it reminded me a lot of the r kelly case Mm. which ironically just went to court as well and then he went to jail for six he went to jail but he was allowed to leave six days a week to go to work it's so crazy I love as well in that podcast how obviously the New York Times journalists have to be so, um, like, unemotional and just have mm. to say the facts. So he was like, is that unusual? She was like, yes, that is very unusual to be allowed to leave jail six <laughs> six days a week. Yeah. Like, she's just trying to, like, say it in this, like, non- non-bias. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, that is unheard of in human history. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's now in a proper jail now, but apparently he's like trying to post his like sell his house and his jets and everything to get out on bail, which is why the cash bail needs to freaking go. Yes. And what's ironic as well is that the the reason this whole thing has come up again is because his the prosecutor who was basically responsible for his shitty lenient light jail sentence 10 years ago was uh, appointed by Donald Trump, I can't remember what his job title is, but in like a quite high up role in Trump's administration. And it's because of that, that all of this is coming out again. So it's like this weird thing where this whole case wouldn't have happened if Donald hadn't become president, weirdly. So it's like potentially the only good thing to have come out of his presidency so far. Mm. And also like, obviously this has been happening for a while, so I'm not sure what the update will be when this episode comes out, but ASAP Rocky... Mm. That's so crazy. So he is in jail in a Swedish prison, apparently in like inhumane conditions. Like I was reading about the conditions and he's sleeping apparently on a yoga mat with, there's no bathroom in his stall. There's a man with mental issues in the, um, in the cell next to him who keeps throwing feces around and screaming. And, and his lawyer said it smells like a toilet in there and they're like he's not it's like because he punched a guy who was following him around and harassing him for two days because you punched someone i don't understand why he's still in there it's actually insane well so there was like a change.org petition with five hundred thousand signatures um and like celebrities all posting about it and now um a democratic rick in new york is pushing for the release of him so, it just seems very unlike Sweden as well. Like, that's such a sort of progressive I feel like they're making an example street. out of him. Right. But Fair I don't out. know. I, I feel like, it, I don't know. It's God. so crazy. So they've, they've been holding him in there for so long. And they were saying that he could go to jail for years for punching someone. Yeah, this is crazy. I feel really bad for him. And, and heaps of um, musicians are tweeting that they're never going to go back to Sweden. Oh, God. Yeah. So Tyler, the creator, no more Sweden for me ever. Jaden Smith, who I don't think has ever been on tour in his life, said me either. <laughs> yeah. God, how awful. Tiger said he um, – oh, so Tiger pulled out of a perform uh, out of a scheduled show. Yeah, right. Yeah. God, that's awful. Yeah, it's so sad. ASAP Rocky's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> and a great musician. Ah, <laughs> uh, There's so much wrong with the world. I also listened to the Dailies episode about um, families of Sandy Hook victims taking on the gun companies in court. Mm. It's really depressing. I was crying about it on the light rail. <laughs> but... um. It's it's just crazy. Like they were saying that the gun that was used in Sandy Hook, the way it's being marketed by these gun companies, this tagline was something like regain your man card or something like you'll be a man again if you buy this gun. So there's all these kind of ads that run on like billboards and in on TV and in gun magazines. And it's like this big, tough man. And it's like, you'll be like a big, tough man again if you buy this gun, basically. And so the families are going after the gun companies about, uh, what do they call it? Like 
negligent advertising, basically, and something's just passed in the the Supreme Court of the state that's going to allow them to actually sue these these gum that's so good. companies, which will be massive. Mm. There's just awful. They interview one of the the fathers of a Sandy Hook victim, and he said his son was um was sick that day, was feeling sick, and him and his wife talked about letting him stay home from school, and the dad said, no, it's going to mess with your plans too much to his wife. We'll just send him in. Uh-huh. No, it's so awful. And I feel like everyone in the history of the planet knows this, but for anyone who doesn't, the Republican Party is funded, like, massively by gun companies, and that's why the gun laws can't change, because even if, like, Obama tried to change them, then all the Republicans just vote no. Yeah, and what happened, and even the Democrats sometimes, because there was a thing that happened after a shooting in like 2001 or 2002, where the Speaker of the House was like, we need to put through gun reform laws, and the NRA and Charlton Heston, who is that American actor who was like the head of the NRA for ages, he just, they started this complete all-out hit campaign on the speaker of the house who's now like nancy pelosi Mm -hmm. like someone super a super prominent politician um and they got him he lost his election it's the only time a speaker's lost his seat since like 1806 or something because like they can literally ruin people's careers like really easily so people are just scared now Um, I also have something else depressing to tell you. So, you know, um, how there's been all these earthquakes in, well, I feel like you already know about this because I've been messaging you about it, but for anyone who was not aware and Grace Lake used to live here, so she knew, but there's a huge earthquake that's going to hit the coast of California sometime. And basically because there's been all these earthquakes recently. So the one that happened last week was the biggest in um, two decades and it's now all of these articles that were published years ago about the big one is what they call it have been like popping back up and people have been doing articles saying these earthquakes are like kind of a warning to get ready for the big one and I was like oh what's that and then <laughs> read a New Yorker piece like this huge New Yorker piece that was published in 2015 that was their most read story of last week um, all about how basically the Cascada subduction zone runs up the coast of California and the odds of a big earthquake happening in the next 50 years are roughly one in three. And that's like an 8.0 to an 8.6. And the odds of a very big one, 8.7 to 9.2 are roughly one in 10. So I've literally been like, and and they're saying in the New Yorker piece, they're estimating that 13,000 people are going to be killed. God. And that will happen. Really... Like, the odds of it happening in our lifetime are one in three. You're playing a game with death over there, Izzy. I actually, I, I actually, was like messaging everyone. And I was like, I just went out and bought supplies. I just want you to know that I love you in case <laughs> yeah. a very big earthquake happens. Um, yeah, I'm actually reading um, an essay, a book of essays by Joan Didion at the moment. And she, she wrote an essay in the 70s about how everyone in California, like she just said like every 10 years the conversation about the very big earthquake comes up and everyone freaks out for like, a couple of months and then forgets about it again and then it comes back well i'm just educating every single person i see like today i was having like earthquake drills with my new flatmate <laughs> you're like and what do we do yeah i was literally like <laughs> i think i was like i think we would go into the desk in my room and she was like well i don't know where i would go and then she was like maybe under the couch and the couch is like there's an inch between the couch and the floor i was like no <laughs> i also love the idea that like being under a desk would like help you from an earthquake no because a lot of the houses they had saying like it's really unlikely that your house will fall down ah. well isn't it in la that that's why there's that's why there's no train systems and stuff is all because of earthquake i don't know it's there not is- worth because like you know how there's just buses but there isn't like a proper like really good like subway mm-hmm. system over there apparently that's because um of the earthquakes oh because yeah and um- all the house like only one story there aren't many like well if everyone um, would like to know uh my extensive where my extensive research has brought me basically if there's a big earthquake don't go in between a doorway it's saying there's actually no research to suggest that that is safe um but you go you'd go like under a table not a glass one but any other kind of table mm. because it would just stop you stop things from hitting you and knocking you out or whatever ah. and your house is probably not going to fall down it's the safest place to be it's more dangerous if you're like out and about like if it, it just depends what time it happens 
Okay. But if you're like at home, then just get under a table and you just need like a bunch of water anyway. I really want to call this episode How to Survive an Earthquake. <laughs> I'm literally like, I'm like anyway, but I could talk about this. for. So- I was just somehow started researching it again today as if I needed more research for this podcast. <laughs> anyway, you like the, the listeners are dying to know. I know. And then my final, all of our like three LA listeners will be jotting down <laughs> notes. My final recommendation is um, Below Deck Med. <laughs> which is a Bravo show um, about people on the super yachts. So it's a reality TV show and it's in season four and it's Bravo's top show in the US. Like it's so, so, so popular. It's massive over here. And it's all like below below deck med. Below deck med. And it's um, so popular over here. But the funny thing is, is like none, I think because none of them even know that like super yachts as a job exists. No one does that here. Right. It's all right, like right. Kiwis and Australians and like people from Europe and and people from England. And um my friend is on it this season and Really? Yeah, my friend Aisha and she's fucking funny. She's just like so unfiltered and she's like the perfect person for it. But um mm. I kind of like I met up with her a couple of weeks ago when she was here and we were just chatting about it and she was like, Yeah, I'm on this random show and I was like, Oh ha ha and then my American flatmate today was like, Do you watch Below Deck Med? And I was like, Oh, my friend's on it and she lost it. <laughs> and so we watched a couple of episodes and it was like actually really addictive that sounds awesome I also feel and like another reality really, show in my life i feel like we're really missing out on the cultural zeitgeist by both of us not watching love island i know i know i really feel like i can't bear to watch a single episode but maybe that's just me being a cultural snob um anton is addicted that's insane because he lives it's in so London. random yeah so like they all watch it over there he said that him and his friend George stayed up till 4 a.m. watching it last night, which was a Friday. I feel like people that we love, like Raven Smith, post about it, so it's got to be, it's got to be cool. I watched <laughs> a few episodes last season, and it was good. Like I, I, it was, it was like really bad, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, I watched Jer- Jersey Shore still, so I'm not above mm. reality TV in any way. But yeah. I just, you know, when things feel like too big a black hole to wade into. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, if I just start this, who knows what it will unleash. Well, I'm, like, so deep in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and it's, like, crazy because you think it's just going to be this show about these rich women and, like, a few cat fights, and it's literally one woman had a black eye this episode because her husband is abusing her. Oh, my God. And another one is a full-blown drug addict, and it just keeps showing her going to the bathrooms. Are you serious? Like, like, a producer's going to step in here. Like, what is going on? I feel like it just would That's not happen insane. now. Yeah. No, I thought that it's, like the Real Housewives of Sydney was the most gnarly one. Nothing happens like that in that show. Yeah, no, it's it's hectic. Oh. And then this isn't even a spoiler because if anyone's going to start watching, this happened seven. This happened in 2011. <laughs> this is where <laughs> <laughs> It literally did because I was Googling it last night. But then um, one of the woman's husband's kills himself. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's horrific. And like it, yeah. It was that poor little girl who I was like taking the piss out of because her mum kept asking performers to come to her birthday and write songs for her. The last one was god. an American Idol contestant came and wrote a song for her birthday. And now oh my I feel god. really bad for her, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. God, that's so gnarly. It's so intense. In Australian ones, they're like, like Sally didn't come to my gallery opening, mm. and now your land is on it. <laughs> oh, oh, so she was a late edition, was she? Mm-hmm. I just started right. season three, and she's she's coming to it, and apparently Bella and Gigi are on it heaps. Mm. God, I'm excited for their cameos. California, California, crazy place. <clears throat> Do you have more Rex? Yeah, I started watching Stranger Things season three. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I like, I'm always like, oh yeah, I'm like kind of a fan of Stranger Things. I don't think I'm a diehard fan at all. And then five minutes into the new season, I was like, oh my God, I forget that this is the best show ever. I feel exactly the same. That's why I haven't watched it. 
Yeah, you'll be the same. And then you start watching it. And the reason it's so cute is because Mike and Eleven are like full dating now. And like it opens with them just like making out on her bed. And then like Hopper's always being like, keep the door open. And it's like, and they like don't respect him because they don't think of him as her dad. And so they're always like laughing at him and making fun of him. And he gets really mad. But it's really cute seeing them be like a little couple. Are those people still after her or no? I don't know. There's like some weird kind of Russian storyline this season. And then the first episode ends with all these rats exploding, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I haven't yeah. finished it yet. But I like. I, I feel like really Netflix always goes stuff, like. Netflix yeah. always goes just so rogue. Like, I know. And they're like, see, what's going to happen in season four? I'm like, stop making this show. Like, just know when to wrap it up. Or like when Riverdale just started. Like, Riverdale had so much going for it and then it was just so so weird i remember me and you were like trying to cling on in season two we were like come on like just get more normal and then it was like that hooded man that was like killing everyone i know oh god exactly i know it's just crazy it's like i don't know it was like the so the lion king just came out Mm -hmm. and i read a review that said it was really bad not really bad it just said that the thing about it is is the technology is so amazing that it looks like a David Attenborough documentary. Like, it's incredible. But then it's so weird when they start singing because you're like, ugh. Like, you don't want to see a real lion sing a song. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're like, the technology is amazing to look at. It's incredible. But then it becomes so real that then seeing real-seeming lions perform a musical number is fucking random. (laughs) (laughs) That is not – that's not a direct quote from the New York Times. <laughs> but I was like, that's so true. Like, that would be so weird to see. At least in a cartoon, it's kind of like, I don't know, playful and fun. A but anyway, I, the reason that I mentioned that, sorry to go on a tangent, is because they – like, they're remaking all these, like, childhood classics, obviously – just because they, they're guaranteed to make X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And Zach was saying that part of it is also because the copyright runs out on these things in, like, 70 years, so they're just making all this shit now to, like, extend the copyright by an extra whatever. 70 oh. years or something for Disney. Yeah. I don't know if that's a conspiracy theory or if that's real. But also, um, I'm sorry that I went on, like, a crazy tangent about Mulan, but <laughs> I'm really excited about it coming out because I saw it being filmed in Queenstown. And it was so epic. Yeah, I feel like they're doing it the right way because they're not they're not like having it filmed in live action and then also having everyone break into a song and a dance. Yeah. Like that's yeah. And but the reason yeah. Sorry, continue. No, you go. I was just gonna say the reason I mentioned Disney is because I feel like it's like Netflix where it's like when you know you're guaranteed to make a shed load of money off something, you're just gonna do it. Like you don't really care that much about it being amazing so i just feel like with these netflix shows like riverdale and stranger things they know whatever they put out people are just going to watch it by the millions so they're like oh we'll just write an extra season and we'll just figure it out and it'll be fine but it won't necessarily have a purpose i'm like we don't need to see a season three of stranger things no like the world doesn't need it people were fucking crazy though like it came out at midnight in the u.s and when I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning and I was like looking at stories to write for work, um, people had stayed up all night and watched the whole season. It's so wild to me. The first season was amazing. I didn't really like the second season so much. Mm. I can't even remember what happened. And now this season I'm like, okay, so there's like Russians. Fuck. I don't know. Like, yeah, nothing matters anymore. (laughs) And also Evan Rachel Wood went on a tangent on Twitter and was like, Hopper's behavior is like toxic masculinity. And then, and this is really bad, like red flags. And then people were like, but it's said in the 80s and that's probably how men would have acted in the 80s, like quite macho and like protective and I don't know. I was like, that's an interesting kind of dilemma. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what he's like. But like he's just, he's just kind of like a psycho with like 11. Like he's just like, stop making out with her. And he's like, thing to the boyfriend. Oh, that's just literally what my dad's like. Yeah, I was like, but I just feel like that's exactly what dads alike yeah um did you see kate and megan went to the pop wimbledon today yes i was just looking at pictures of that they look very nice... chummy they did look chummy do you think they're like they're like putting it on um they just had that little, like impromptu hangout 
at the polo the other day as well yeah the polo that was all very like look at us we're so casual and nonchalant and i don't know i don't know why they would bother going to wimbledon together if they didn't like each other there's not really any point because no one's really talking about it anymore but i think they both like she loves tennis and megan loves tennis so they would both go. So obviously they would have to go together if they were going to go. Otherwise it would be weird. Oh, yeah. Because remember they went last year? Yeah, and Megan would be like, she's my fucking friend. I'm going. And Kate would be like, I yes. am going to be queen. I'm I going. am the queen of women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And England. <laughs> and England. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, I think it's cute. I was pretty annoyed by all those reports that were like, Megan Markle was so difficult at Wimbledon because she wore jeans. And because her security is telling people not to take pictures. I was like, both of, like, especially the second thing, I was like, I feel like that's pretty fucking fair enough. And when you see the pictures of people taking pictures of her, he's telling people who are, like, walking up in front of her and holding phones in her face. Yeah. She's, like, sitting there and they came up and were, like, in her face with a camera. And he was like, can you not? I know. And people, it just pisses me off. I'm like, just stop looking for any reason to shit talk about her. It's Mm. so frustrating. I know. I just feel like if Kate wore like, I don't know, like a Jeans. leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. At Wimbledon, everyone would be like, "Oh, that's so nice." And it's like because it's they, because it's Megan. They just look for a way to make it. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I don't know. I've hit my threshold of people just shitting on her for no reason. I feel like it's getting gross. It is. Yeah. And it's gross. It's always been gross, but I like. I feel like sometimes we're like, oh, maybe she is difficult, and all her staff quit, and like, oh, oh my god, and now I'm just like, oh my god, just leave her alone. Like she's probably the most famous black woman in the world right now, apart from Beyonce. Like, just stop trying to tear her down every time she does a single thing. Like, it's difficult to go into the royal family. Yeah, as and, just a normal person. As a normal person, and try and navigate all of that. And she's stuff, doing it you know? so well. Yeah. From Humphrey Gogart to royal family. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm just over people fucking hating her for no reason. It's really frustrating to me. Same. Um, <laughs> also, speaking of tennis, um, do you know that one in eight men think they could win a point against Serena Williams? Are you serious? One Is in that eight. A real statistic? It's a real statistic. A poll by YouGov, which surveyed 1,732 adults in Great Britain, posed a simple question Do you think if you were playing your very best tennis, you could win a point off Serena Williams? Well, the reasonable response would have been, Of course not. From 100% of participants, <laughs> the results revealed a more delusional grasp of reality. 12% of men surveyed said, I think I could. That is really annoying and upsetting, and she would rip your arm off like, trying to return a ball to her. If couldn't even return the ball, say nothing of winning a point. One in eight men. That's like that's really upsetting. Like that's a people. great. That's a great statistic. It's like four I'm people so in a supermarket at any time, or whatever, <laughs> think they could win a point against Serena Williams. That's outrageous. Yeah, it's an outrageous number. Yeah. And then in addition, I also loved her. She's on the cover of Harper's Bazaar US this month. Did you mm-hmm. see? Yeah. And she wrote an essay for it about the whole drama with um, Naomi Osaka. And it was really cool. She was saying that she, like, she said it's the biggest thing that whole match, which everyone said she threw a tantrum, but she just was getting angry at the umpire because he took a whole game off her, which is crazy for, like, duck chatting him basically um but she was like i sent naomi an email afterwards and was just like i'm really sorry that she was like i think what upset me as much as how upset i was for myself was the fact that i remember my first win and how amazing and emotional mm-hmm. it and is. it like just took never away get that it. back and it ruined her first opportunity and it makes me so sad to think that like i because of what happened with me and the umpire like another young black woman rising up the ranks in this sport has had her first chance completely overshadowed and she said they like texted each other and like they're all good and it was really cute Mm. yeah i like that yeah it definitely did overshadow and she would have been like um she was crying when she got awarded it oh my god yeah because it would be like your idol and then you're like i'm so sorry oh jesus (laughs) 
Izzy, you know how I'm really bad at spending all my money on clothes? Yes, me with food. Well, I think I found a new vice, but this one is a little easier to pass off as something necessary. Hit me. These attitude sheets. Oh my God, I know. I'm almost scared to tell you this. What? Attitude also has bathrobes and waffle weave towels, both of which are made from sustainable bamboo and both just as soft as our sheets. Oh my God, no, this is going to be so bad for my bank account. I know, I just bought four and now I have to cut them to London. (laughs) Four? You're so intense. I know, never one to do things by halves. Thank you very much to Attitude for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks and for offering AWD listeners 15% off at the checkout using the code AFTERWORKDRINKS, all one word. Just head to attitude.com.au forward slash afterworkdrinks. Thank you, Attitude. Thanks, Attitude. Another thing that popped up this week was Aziz Ansari's Netflix special. Yes. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've I've seen the the opening bit where he talks. I haven't watched the whole special. Yeah, I'm not a huge of his comedy. <laughs> I didn't really want to suffer through it, but I, I've read a lot of pieces on it because I was curious to see how he addressed it. Obviously, yeah. So to recap, um, I think it was in January of 2018. So like right as Me Too was massive, um, Babe.net, which is now. <laughs> Defunct. The now defunct <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah, because of this story and because everyone who worked there then realized they were basically like being sexually harassed. Um, published a story about Aziz and Sari um, and a, basically a bad date at a woman feeling really uncomfortable and saying that he was sort of pressuring her into things when they were back at her, his house. Um, and she said, that she used verbal and non-verbal cues asking him to stop and it was this big kind of confusing thing which sort of turned me to from like very serious allegations of sexual assault and harassment into sort of like a he said she said kind of thing yeah and just uh like it really divided the kind of Mm. like feminist community afterwards because you had all these opinion pieces in like the atlantic and the new york times basically saying that it was really unfair what had happened to Aziz Ansari and that this is what the Me Too movement wasn't supposed to be about and that it had moved it into, like, bad dating, sexual politics and out of the area of sexual assault. But then you had people saying, well, no, this is all connected. Yeah. Yeah, it became a sort of really, like, I don't know, it kind of, to me, heralded, like, not the end of Me Too, but, like, the moment that Me Too shifted. Yeah, and it was also, like, the most annoying part of it was people who had been saying Me Too is a witch hunt were like, oh, there you go, Me Too is a witch hunt. And it's like, no, I think that there's like a very real place for conversations about what happened there. I think it was done in, a, in the, the wrong way. And that's like why it was published on Babe.net because none of the other massive publications picked it up. Um, yeah, and Babe.net made a lot of like, it's, it was a, a young upstart kind of irreverent um college student backed website so like a lot of the way it was handled in the story it was written by a 25 year old journalist yeah there was a lot of details in there in the way that it was covered that were quite kind of inappropriate and made it feel more like a I don't know like a kind of gossip column thing mm. like there were yeah. things like she wore a really cute outfit brackets it was really cute or things like he ordered red wine and I agreed even though I wanted white wine or something. Like yeah, just just, little tidbits that were just really off and made the thing like lose its kind of validity. Credibility, mm. yeah. Um, and then so basically at the time, as is – so it says in the piece that the next day she, the girl who actually <laughs> named herself Grace. Coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she yeah, – you're like, I'm not a big fan of his comedy or – him as a person (laughs) Um, she said in the piece that she messaged him the next day and he apologized and said that he thought it was consensual and he was really sad that she felt that way and then um straight after this piece was published he apologized um in a statement and then he kind of disappeared for a while and this is his him making his comeback so he's been doing this tour i didn't really realize he's been doing this tour for a while before the netflix special and in all of the shows before the netflix special he actually didn't address it Mm. And he was getting, like, a lot of criticism for it. So people were writing articles saying, like, there was, like, a big elephant in the room. So I think for the Netflix special, that's why he did. 
Yeah, I think that was – and um, there was a piece on Rolling Stone that said that his special was a missed opportunity, and I think that's how I felt. He kind of caveated the special with a quick discussion on yeah. what happened, and he was like, I think we need to address it. Um, you know, I know this is an awkward way to start a comedy special, but I thought it was a really great opportunity um, for people to have conversations and reflect on like sexual politics. And, you know, it was quite embarrassing and humiliating for me, but you know, the more I thought about it, I'm glad we had this conversation and blah, blah, blah. I feel like everything he said was fine and kind of Mm. on the ball in terms of, um, what he should have said about it. I don't think he needed to say any more, but I just kind of felt like, I don't know. I just think your first stand-up show after that offers such an amazing opportunity to like really dive into that as a, like he has such a unique perspective on it. And I just would have been really interested to hear him kind of create a really interesting, more in detail, in depth bit about what he learned about that process rather than doing a quick, essentially like, it was almost like reading out like a quick press release about it and then jumping into something totally unrelated. Yeah. And I kind of, didn't like the way it was it just felt really performative when you watched it yes and I didn't like Agreed. that yes I agree I think it was the same thing with Louis CK and I just want to like obviously their cases are very different but and I, I just want to hold out with Louis CK because I think that the thing about Aziz Ansari was that it wasn't just that he was a guy who um, misread a sexual situation it was like he's built a lot of his career mm. on being a woke in tune with women, um, like elevated sense of modern relationships kind of guy. Like he wrote that book called Modern Love. Modern Romance, which, yeah. Sorry, Modern Romance, which was like all about dealing with modern romance and like dealing with love as a millennial mm, and dating. how to navigate all this stuff and dating and sex. And then he created Master of None, which had a lot of themes about uh, yeah, dating and romance and how to be a respectful partner and dealing with like I don't know, yeah, sex and relationships in the modern era. And I think that's why he owed audiences more, I I think so too, yeah. And I feel like that's why I was more annoyed about the whole thing. But also I I like that what he said at the end was that it's made – his friend talked to him and said that it's made him rethink every date he's ever had and that's a really good thing, which is great. Like a great way to kind of – make men who haven't thought about every date they've ever had kind of bring it back into mind. I get it. I don't think there's any really like easy or right way to address it. Yes. Sorry. And the reason I brought up Louis CK was simply because um, it was a very similar thing with him where he and like Louis and a lot of his stand up seemed to have very woke progressive views about women and men and sex and imbalances of sex and imbalances of power and like, the, the risks that women take by going on dates with men and all that kind of stuff. And I just think that he has a real opportunity if he does come back and do a comedy show to like really delve into what he did and what happened to him and the aftermath and the impacts of that and make a really strong statement about it that people can learn from. And I mm. feel like if he doesn't do that, then he doesn't deserve to come back to comedy. And I, I don't, think as strongly about it for Aziz Ansari, but I do just think he he kind of had a bit of an obligation, I think, to offer a really thoughtful, nuanced yeah. take. Yeah, and he, like, lit, it, lit into it with a joke as well, which I was kind of weird about. I just think just if he watched Hannah Gadsby's Nanette a couple of times before he went on stage, it could have done yes. wonders. Exactly. I just think that coming out and doing a quick PSA that you're sorry and then jumping straight into a completely unrelated comedy set, I just find it a little bit, like, tone deaf. Mm. Uh, Hannah Gadsby is playing right now in downtown Los Angeles. Well, not playing, performing right now in downtown Los really? Angeles. Really? <gasps> oh. I'm so sad. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah. I was going to go last night with my um, housemate and she was keen to go and we were, like, about to buy tickets, but then... I'd gone out to Malibu for a friend's birthday and I just didn't get back in time. So mm. I'm very sad. Mm. And then I've got to be with you. Better. Not. Cut it. Yeah. I'm like, get out of here now. <laughs> like, <laughs> run. Be as fast as you can. Yeah. I just love, oh, it just reminds me of why Nanette's so amazing. It really just like lifted the game of what a, a stand-up comedy special can be. Absolutely. The best ever. So for anyone who's unaware 
which I don't think any millennial is, Mercury is currently in retrograde. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I really didn't have all that much idea about, except that I know that, like, everyone kind of freaks out when that happens. So we thought, given how obsessed everyone kind of is with astrology and the Zodiac right now, we would do a little bit of a deep dive into it. Also, Mercury is in retrograde for like a really long time. Like I Googled it and it was like in 2019, it's from March 5th to 28th, July 7th to August 2nd Mm. and October 31st to November 20th. Yeah. It's like three months of the year. (laughs) And basically it means that the planet Mercury appears to be moving backward from Earth. Yeah. And it takes place three or four times annually. And right now Mercury is in retrograde until August 2nd. So Mercury is the planet that is said to rule communication. So when the planet Mercury goes rogue, it can cause things to feel like really out of kilter. So Mm -hmm. people basically say that there's going to be like frequent misunderstandings with like friends, family, colleagues, scheduling problems. (laughs) I don't know what that (laughs) even means. Get your like nail appointment wrong and and disagreements with friends during this period. Mm. I've got some Mercury in retrograde stories that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. One, I lost one of my AirPods. Oh, my God. <laughs> when did you even get AirPods? I stole Zach's. Oh. And then I lost the left one. And Zach kept being like, stop leaving them around. You need to put them back in the case. And then yesterday I just stared at the table because there was just one sitting there. And I was like, oh, my God. I feel <laughs> like that's just like a you story. I know, I'm going to blame everything on it. The other one that's actually Mercury in retrograde is that me and Zach went to see Booksmart, as I mentioned, and we accidentally parked in a disabled spot, and the fine was $572. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How is that even possible to fine someone that much? Oh, dude, when Anton fucking lied to me and told me he'd sorted our registration, and (laughs) and I drove to work. Do you remember this? And I drove to work one day. The police pulled me over because in Australia they have like things like things on their car, so they know if someone drives past without a registration, it'll like alert them. Whereas in New Zealand we don't have that; it just has to be like so. If like they happen to pull you over, they'll check your registration. But in Sydney, it like will alert them. So they pulled me over and they were like, "You're fined eighteen hundred dollars." Are you serious? And it had expired the day before, and I was two seconds from my house. And I was fully like, I was fully like, I could not be more angry if I tried. And was it Mercury be, retrograde then? Potentially. I might Google the Probably. dates. <laughs> yeah. I bet it was. Yeah. What else has happened? They're actually the only two things. Oh, the other thing which isn't really related is that I have this very specific brand of almond milk that I like to drink. Mm-hmm. And it's called Almond Breeze. Please sponsor us. Um, I've got and that in my fridge. Yeah, it's the best. Mm. And everywhere is slowly converting from almond milk to O2 or A2, some shitty one that tastes like it was made with like just kilos of sugar. And the place I usually go that I walk a really long way to has switched almond milk. And I was there with my friend Kate getting it after we'd trekked so far. And he started pouring it and I realized it was the wrong one. And I'm really bad at confrontation. And then I just screamed at him. I was like, no, I don't like that almond milk. Sorry. And ran out the door. Did you not take your coffee? Pardon? Did you take your coffee? No. No, he was just pouring the milk into the froth, like the yeah. cup to froth it. And I just, I hadn't even paid for it. I, oh, just, like, okay. scre- I just screamed no and like ran <laughs> out. <laughs> no, that's really frustrating. I know. So lots of really awful things have happened to me this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what's even. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I just feel, I feel off this week, and I do. And I feel like maybe it's because we've been, ref- we've been like, re- 
researching this and now I'm like, oh, this is why I feel crap. But I just feel crap and anxious. And no, like, I felt crazy weird. and then I saw it was Mercury in retrograde and I was like, this all makes sense. And we don't even like really – I had to Google today basically what the traits of my star sign were. Yeah, we're not like very astrology crystal kind of – Girls. Yesterday girls. my friend for his birthday got given a goop bag and I was like, oh, my God, this is so okay. L.A. And yeah. it was a water bottle that has a crystal inside it. So on the lid of the water bottle, when you open it, the crystal comes out and it's um, a crystal that sits in the water. That's ridiculous. Um, and it's supposed to balance you. And I was like taking the piss and then realized that everyone around me also owned one. Oh my God. LA. Yeah. Um, so apparently this month, so this retrograde, what's it called? So apparently this season is especially crazy because it starts ahead of the astrological chart in Leo before eventually returning back to cancer for the rest of the season. So basically communication and technological difficulties. Actually, my phone went dead last night heading back from Soho and I couldn't order the pizza I wanted. So then, and it wouldn't charge in the Uber and it literally would not turn on in the Uber. And I was like wanting to order Uber Eats so it would be delivered to my door by the time I got home. Oh my God, yes. And my Spotify got hacked. This yes. is crazy. So much has happened. So my Spotify account got hacked by some like rogue fucking Ukrainian EDM enthusiast. Yeah, you were like some fucking loser in Ukraine. Yeah, I was like, Izzy was messaging me about something quite important. I was like, Izzy, I have something else going on right now. And it was me trying to change my password on Spotify to get this absolute demon out. My music kept changing every five minutes to like, do, do, do. Oh my God. 17 new playlists added and then and then I finally got I got him kicked out <laughs> had like an e-chat with it was so funny as well talking to Spotify because I did it on the like chat menu and it was like agent one or something <laughs> like the person who spoke to me oh and he gosh. was like I want to assure you that all of your financial details are safe and I was like what <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> and then yeah so I kicked him out and then I got an email on Friday night saying that my Snapchat account had been hacked. I did not know you had a Snapchat account. I, I didn't know I had one either. Yeah. I had one like six years ago, but someone had logged in from Sydney on Friday night. Oh my God. And so it says technological difficulties. Today I tried to send Anton a private Instagram um, video and put it, posted it on my fucking story before I knew <laughs> 150 people had seen like this, that message to Anton. I was like, lol, they're playing the song I like. It was a stupid video. Thank God it wasn't like a selfie. <laughs> this conversation is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so then like off the back of Mercury, I started, I was like on Cosmo US and it has the like best stuff about the Zodiac ever. So I was on like, I don't know what like flavor chip are you based on your like, Zodiac sign and all these different things. And then I went to like what? I used to work on Cosmo. If there was ever a slow traffic day, everyone would be like, just come up with something for your star sign. Yeah, like, I remember that. And the most rogue stuff, like the fucking, like, what you should have for lunch based on your star sign. Yeah, and what wedding you should have based on your star sign. Yes. <laughs> Which Disney princess are you based on your star yeah. sign? Um, so I did some research into our star signs. My, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sad about this, but Justin Bieber is a Pisces. <laughs> are you a Pisces? Yeah. Mm. Rihanna's a Pisces. Oh, that's good. And Drew Barrymore. But you've got, like, so many. You've got Julia Roberts, my absolute fave. We have the same birthday. Oh, my God. No wonder me and you get along so well. I know. We're basically the same. You've got Leo. And you've got Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Oh. What a fucking combo. I know. You're known for your ambition, passion, and cool nature. Outwardly, you are calm and may even appear calculated. Oh. You definitely are not calm. I know. I was like, that one doesn't fit. No. Yeah, we were just saying before we started recording this that, um, you like, I'll read a Pisces thing. And I'll be like, that is so me because I am sensitive and I do, like, cry at anything. And, like, you know, and, and it says that Pisces are good writers and, like, creative. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, and then I was like, that's so me. And then I read, like, every single other star sign. And I'm like, that could also be me. I know. It's so funny. One will be, like, 
they just say the most fucking vague things. They're like, <laughs> this week you will have a complication in your workplace, but you will solve it. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. that happened. And then another one's like, this week, like you need to just think about your finances. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> or it's just like, you are Get smart. out of my brain. <laughs> you are smart or like you are fun or like. It's like, oh, you should value your friendships. And you're like, you're right, I should. Yeah. It's just like good advice. So every single time I read one that's on point for me that week, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so right. And then the next week I'll read one, it won't make any sense. And I just go, oh, that's just whatever. (laughs) You know, like half the time it doesn't even make sense, but you're like, oh, anyway. I know. I know. I think that horoscopes like in the main just buy into the fact that we all think we're quite special. Yeah, exactly. It also Mm -hmm. said though that um, I didn't realize Scorpio was a water sign. Mm. but that we all that me and you me you and cancers all get on well with each other apart from you every single best friend i've ever ever had ever has been an aries hmm. isn't that random like 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 seven different girlfriends of mine that have been my closest friends from like primary school to i don't know you basically <laughs> have all been born in april Oh, is Aries? April. Mm. Oh, that's right. I think that will be my next... That, I'll be on the cusp then, I think. The cusp. Oh, maybe I'm going to be like progressing through them through my life. Ask Donna if you were born late. Oh, yeah, I'm right on the cusp of Aries. Ah, so it all makes my birthday sense. is March 18th and Aries start March 21. And Anton's Aries. Right. That's why you guys get along so well. Yeah, we're going to be BFFs. Um, I kind of do want to talk to people that know more about this, though. I just basically want to have someone on who will be like, Pisces is so fun and lovely. <laughs> I know. I love it when people know a lot about it. Like, I was at this music festival in Barcelona, and I was, like, just dancing. And then this girl walked up to me and goes, what's your star sign? And I was like, Pisces. And she goes, <laughs> and, she was, and she was like, knew it. <laughs> and then walked off. If you knew it, you should have said, are you a Pisces? Yeah. Do you think that do you think that maybe the way horoscopes work is that someone's just written a chart of personality characteristics for different star signs and that the people that are into horoscopes are the people that just statistically happen to match those descriptions? Maybe, but there's also so many things like rising signs and life path numbers and my life path number obviously i haven't read like every single one but i've read out a bunch and my life path number is five and it makes so much sense to me yes my friend ben did that to me when we were in on going to a wedding together in paris and i was like shut up and then he was explaining it and i was like oh my god (laughs) yeah the life path five um i wonder what do you know what your one is i'll work it out later yeah, I can't remember. But um, the life path five is literally like you get really restless and you can't stay in one place for long. And I'm just like doing this from a rogue house in LA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I met the girl I lived with like two days ago and we went to a pool together today. <laughs> I love that. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Horoscopes. It's funny how now we're like really, um, we were very like, science-based kind of non-religious very secular like fact-driven culture but that horoscopes are as popular as they've ever been yeah they're more like crystals and horoscopes everyone's going crazy yeah sometimes I wonder and I don't know I just I wonder if the fact that like everyone it's a bit deep but like everyone in our generation is kind of not religious for the first time kind of ever in like in the history since religion and no one ever really talks about that. Like, I feel like that has to have an impact on how the culture works. And I wonder if there are lots of things now that we, like, cling to because they're, like, kind of placeholders for religion. Mm. I wonder if the kind of, like, crystal energy healing wellness. Yeah, I feel like people just love being a part of something together. Yeah, exactly. Like, religion used to be this thing, this place where you could kind of join a bunch of like-minded people and have beliefs that you – and, like, there's comfort in the fact that, like, a bunch of other people believe what you believe. And we don't really have that so much now. So I wonder if that's, like, a whole thing. Yeah, but I do think you hit the nail on the head where it's, like, very much about just kind of stroking your ego. Like, anytime someone's like, oh, my Mm. God, you're such a Pisces, I'm like, 
that's so nice to hear because everyone always says Pisces are so nice and loving and caring. And I'm like, yeah, tell me really? more. Yeah, that, well, we're like supposed to be the most sensitive kind of empathetic signs. So we mm-hmm. take like that. You're supposed to be just really caring and you kind of give to others more than yourself. Right. I think Scorpio is meant to be very like fiery and passionate and kind of aggressive not aggressive but I don't I don't know I don't sometimes I wonder if I'm like trying to like fit myself into that because I, I don't think I'm very like fiery no or passionate, really no and you're not outwardly calm no <laughs> you're, outwardly, you're outwardly slipping on fucking the floor knocking your nose and burning the house down <laughs> which star sign is that yeah Leo <laughs> okay <sighs> I'm the chaotic energy one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another bad thing that happened talking about Mercury and retrograde is that I've run out of mint jewel pods. Oh, no. You want me to send you some? Yeah, I might need you to place an order. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I've got a few in the bank. I've really got to get to the jewel shop. <laughs> uh. <gasps> okay. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, cool. We had quite a few lovely Instagram story shares last week and – I just want to say that we'd really appreciate people sharing because the more people that find out about us, the more listeners we get, the more money we can make, and the more time we can put into bringing you good content. So I was like, how are we linking all this back to what's in it for you? (laughs) Which is fantastic for us, so just do it. And the more handbags we can buy. Exactly. And also... Common week for work towards. Yeah, and also we love your reviews so please keep them coming and thank you we love you goodbye we love you goodbye A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.